fighting does not make you a hero. What if I promise to be careful? Just a shield then. Diana. No sharp edges. Be careful of mankind, Diana. They do not deserve you. You've told me this story. What is this place? Who are you people? We are the bridge to a greater understanding. Right. What is your mission? Well, here's the thing. You are in more danger than you think. The boys in the trenches called her Dr. Poison. Millions would die. The war would never end. I'm going, Mother. If you choose to leave, you may never return. Who will I be if I stay? We'll come. To the war. Well, technically the war is that way, but we got to go this way first. How can a woman fight in this? Ooh. Who is this young woman? She's my... Um, and... Um, Diana, Princess of the Mas Prince, Diana Prince. believe that this war should stop. Help me stop it right now. What are you? You will soon find out. Experience it in IMAX 3D June 2nd. Hello everybody and welcome to Is It Yours, the movie review program where we take a movie and tear it apart and rank it in the Jaws scale and see where it lands. I'm Paul Spataro and I am joined today by my buddy Dave Atterbury. Hey everybody. Welcome aboard Dave, thanks for coming on. How are you doing today? I'm doing good, thanks for having me. It's uh, I'm, uh, I'm a little intimidated, I really like your show so we'll see if I can... Uh... Hang in there. You know? Like the show, I like to hear. Intimidated, don't be silly. <laughs> now, Dave, this, uh, this is the first time that we are recording together, just you and I. That is true, yeah. Every other time, we've always had Hero or Bill or somebody else mm -hmm. along for the ride. But this is our first one-on-one uh, -on -one endeavor. Nice. Hopefully, we'll be entertaining. Oh, well, we'll just talk bad about those guys because they're not here, and then hey, it'll be uh, hilarious. How else could we talk about them? <laughs> oh. Oh. So we're here today to talk about the new release of Wonder Woman. Yes. Which is out as we record this. It's been out a, just about a week, and yeah. uh, it's a monster hit. Yeah. And yeah. I do think, and I think we've had this conversation before. I've definitely, I've definitely mm -hmm. given these 
these uh, thoughts before, and I think I've given them to you specifically when we've talked. I get a little bothered by the internet hyperbole on movies, whether it's uh, for, for positive or for negative. Right, right. And this movie opened up, and everything I heard was, oh, my God, it's the greatest thing ever. Right. I think you know. Well, let's not be quite so quick here. Let's you know. <laughs> let's let's get a little perspective on things. Right. Uh, so I'm going to ask you. Let's let's start off with before we went into this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know you're not a a huge comic geek. So mm-hmm. what what is your exposure to Wonder Woman pre this movie? Okay, I am very much a um, the DC animated universe has been my um, education on the DC universe. So that's how I kind of came into it um, from the time when Batman was brand new, Batman the Animated Series, um, all the way through Justice League. So that's how I kind of got into the, the DC universe. So really, if I know anything about Wonder Woman, it's what has come from those different series now did you and, see the uh i think it was 2009 but i'm don't quote me yes. on that the, the yes the animated film the standalone animated film yes and that's actually probably my favorite of those standalone animated movies um i'm kind of behind on them i'm actually i, I kind of about the time they switched over and we're starting to do uh, some of the new movies based on the um the, the new, new 52. 52 yeah that's right, about yeah. where i fell out of it as well yeah so um i've seen some of them i've seen like some of the teen titans but that's about where i fell out regularly so um i haven't seen anything yet to knock wonder woman off the perch as my favorite of those films i'm not sure so. that, i mean that's definitely among my favorites yeah uh, i would say also you know public enemies is a big one for me i like that one um yeah. new frontier was really good Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I mean, I really thought DC was knocking it out of the park with their uh, animated yeah. movies for I know. a while, and I, I think that they've was... become a little generic of late. Yeah, I can agree with that. I know, well, it was funny because I was, um, when I started to, to try to dive into reading comics on a regular basis, I kind of experimented with that, and I had been reading um, Green Lantern, mm-hmm. and, it was, and it was around the time Blackest Night was about to, to get going. Um, and then the movie was coming, uh, right. the Ryan Reynolds movie. And that was, it was funny because I liked the animated movie so much better than, than the live action one. I don't think you're unique there. <laughs> and, and, that, and it was one of those things, you know, cause I was a reader as a child, but I'd never had the friend that kind of got me into comics. So I was always reading books and, um, you know, I remember always having that whole, oh, the book was better type feeling and, mm-hmm. and and it was kind of like or, you know why didn't they just make make it more like the book and i kind of feel like that live action movie of green lantern i was like why didn't they just make the animated movie live action and they would have been fine and they would have been better off definitely so that was actually a little bit of my trepidation going into wonder woman as if i was like oh no am i gonna have the same experience because especially I, since you love the cartoon so much yeah because i like that one so much i was like oh oh you know what uh what am i gonna think or feel about this movie so now as far as my own personal exposure to wonder woman she's a character i've been familiar with pretty much Mm -hmm. my whole life Mm -hmm. but i've read precious little of it 
Uh, I would say, you know, I know it from the Linda Carter TV series. I also know it, as you do, from like the Justice League cartoons and from the animated standalone feature. As far mm. as reading goes, I've only read probably a handful of Wonder Woman solo books. Uh, yeah. Most of my co- most of my comic reading of her has been through like the Justice League or Justice Society, that type of thing. Mm. So. You know, very, very little. I, I don't know. I can't say I'm even remotely an expert on her comic uh, exploits. Right. I, I'm familiar more with the history of it than the actual stories, you know, just from, from having read some things about the history, but never actually reading the actual stories. Yeah, I feel like that's a lot where I'm at as well, like going into the movie. But so. now with that, all of that, I would still mm-hmm. say I went into this with a fondness for the character. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, we talk often about, you know, if you're invested in the character and sometimes that makes you a little bit more protective of it. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, if you see them doing it badly, it, it makes it that much more difficult to like, you know, whatever it is they're putting on the screen. And right. for a character that, again, I read very little of and I can't say, you know, I, like I said, I'm familiar with the Linda Carter TV show, but I haven't really, you know, I, I've never been like a huge fan of it. I just enjoyed it, you know? Yeah, uh, yeah. But, and yet, despite all of that, I do feel kind of protective of the character. And I, f- I felt like if they portrayed her badly, it would be very bothersome. Right. Yeah, so, I, I kind of had the same attitude. I mean, mainly just in the terms of, you know, it's it, I like DC. Um, that's the universe I'm more familiar with and have more personal investment in. So I want... You know, I want it to be a good movie and a good characterization just from that standpoint, for sure. Right. So now going into this, if, we, if we're looking at the DC cinematic universe mm-hmm. as it currently exists, right? Uh, you know, we'd be starting, I guess, with Man of Steel. And uh, I, I could, you know, vividly remember you and I were parties to the <laughs> roundtable on that one. And yes. that one I also did a... Uh, very very long show with uh, Bob Fisher and, and Mike Bailey and Andy Leyland yes uh, a while back so you know that one I think we've torn apart even though it's never been on it is it yours I, I think I've torn it apart as much as I choose to and ultimately right. unless I'm unless my memory is bad you and I both fell on the side of liking that movie yeah uh, and and there yeah. was there was actually some disturbing aspect to it because everybody became so vehemently opposed to it that it you know oh, yeah. it, it, like it was almost uh, like I didn't want to go on Facebook cuz you know <laughs> it was you know going to become a battleground because I, I was silly enough to like this movie right uh, right yeah you know, but but that's that's where the cinematic universe started and then from there they went over to Batman v Superman which mm-hmm. uh, I I'm actually planning there's going to be an episode on here about that one but uh, I'm on oh, the okay. record that I didn't particularly care for that one and I don't recall where you fell on that um, I'm a, I like the movie in the theater, um, but I enjoyed it more, uh, on home video in the extended, uh, or as they call it, the ultimate edition. Mm-hmm. So you're still um, on the positive end though with it. Yeah. Yeah, I was. Okay. Um, so, so you and I are starting to diverge a little here cause I was on the little. negative end of that one. But, but I can see that I, I think I liked Man of Steel more, um, at least would, especially with the theatrical version. Yeah. Um, I think that the the Batman v Superman as a you know as a complete story as they put it out on home video, um, I think I enjoyed a lot more. So 
So then, then the next entry was Suicide Squad. Did you get to see that? I did get to see that one. Yeah, um, I actually what, saw it on video. What was your take on that? Um, it hasn't really stuck with me. <laughs> I guess it's probably the, my honest reaction to it. Like I didn't, I didn't like love it. My wife liked it a lot. Um, I thought it was okay. You know what I mean? I, I, I kind of felt like it was a bit of a mess in terms of a movie. Um, but it wasn't like horribly offensive to me. You know? I, I would tend to agree with you there, and uh, we covered that on the show fairly early on. Yeah, uh, I don't, I don't remember where I fell as far as the ranking went on it. But you know, looking back on it, I kind of feel like it was uh, to, to almost paraphrase you, kind of a harmless mess. Yeah, it you was know, like it was a lot of fun moments, but not a not a great cohesive whole. You know, and and then going, you know, coming out of Batman v Superman, and then coming out of Suicide Squad, mm-hmm. uh, one of one of my big thoughts is, I hated. I mean, it's not a matter of disliked. I hated the way they portrayed Lex Luthor in Batman v Superman. I did not feel <laughs> it was the character. Yeah. And then you top that off with, I seriously, seriously disliked. Not quite to the level of hate, but pretty close to it. The way they portrayed the Joker in Suicide Squad. Yeah. So. So what we've done in my own personal uh, take is we've taken the two greatest villains in DC Comics Mm -hmm. and made them unwatchable for my standards. Right. So at this point, I'm hoping to not see either of them again in any DC movies, which is almost kind of like a trick to get to the point where you don't want to see them. Right, right. Yeah, you know, it's funny you say that because I kind of, and I kind of feel like... um, one of the things that they've purposely done in the DC uh, movie universe so far is that they've kind of, I think they've done what they have to try to get those out of the way. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, with Batman, with jumping ahead to the point that they have in his history in these films, I think they're trying to avoid, you know, between Jack Nicholson's Joker and Heath Ledger's Joker. I think, you know, you watch Suicide Squad. I wasn't too f- a big of a fan of the Joker in that either, but I liked that he was more of a flashback and more of a in-the-past kind of character than he was a, a, in the present very much. Right, right. Because I, I, I think they were trying to get past it. I think, you yeah. know, it's like they have to do the Joker, but I think they didn't want to do the Joker, kind of like how um, they kind of skipped Batman's origin. You know, they just brought him in as a fully fledged. He's already Batman. He's been doing his thing for quite some time. We're not going to retread that for the umpteenth time. Yeah, which I think was a smart move. I, th- I think we've seen yeah. enough of the, the 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 origin story at this point. Right, Espe- right. Especially after Nolan, you know, did it in depth. He did an entire movie of the origin. Right. Well, I guess you know the oh yeah last third of that isn't the origin anymore, but still yeah. just the same. You know, Batman Begins is. is Certainly yeah. an origin movie. Right. So, so that brings us to Wonder Woman opening this weekend. Yes. Yes. And as I said, I saw it. I had. I generally try to avoid a lot of spoilers. Same. 
if I know I'm going to see a movie, and I was pretty confident I was going to see this. Mm-hmm. I mean, I knew I was going to see it. The question was, am I going to see it in a movie theater, or am I going to wait a little while, or what? You know, how's that going to work? Right, uh, right. But I knew for a fact that I was going to sit down and watch it, and I would rather be surprised by things than have them all kind of laid out for me in the trailer. Yeah. So I really didn't see too much. I think I saw the first trailer they came out with, and I had the knowledge of what we saw of her in Batman v Superman, which I thought was the best part of that movie. Uh, agreed. So mm-hmm. all I did was kind of check the Rotten Tomatoes scores, and I heard some advanced buzz, and they were hyping it big. Yeah. Yep. Now... I mean, I guess it's kind of the elephant in the room to kind of look at the fact that, uh, you know, this is the first major major superhero movie being released with a female star in it. I mean, there have been others, but nothing of any significance. No. And I did feel that there was a desire by a lot of people that could color their view of it to have this be a good superhero movie because it was a female one and to have it be a good movie because DC has kind of come under the gun for the yeah. for the quality of their movies lately yeah, so no my concern was are the reviews kind of overly enthusiastic because, you know, because they want right. it to be good as right. opposed they, to because yeah. it's good right yeah and I can totally see that I mean everything you've said is completely valid I mean and that's and, that's, and I was kind of the same way with you I, I did the exact same thing I watched the first trailer See Batman versus Superman. I pretty much was sold. Um, trying to avoid all the spoilers. Yeah, and I had the exact same thing. I wonder how many of these movie reviewers are love the movie this much, and how much are just really, really happy that there's a a female-led superhero movie being pushed out at this level right now, um, when that seems to be very important to a certain segment of fandom and movie reviewers, and. Um, yeah, you know, because I, I, that's one of those things. I, I feel like if you look at summer movies every year from year to year, you know, I mean, summer movie critics whine a lot. I mean, our movie critics whine a lot about summer movies. And I feel like they tend to give one or two a pass and then they just kind of destroy the rest of them. Um, and so I, I, I was wondering the same thing as you. Is, is this movie getting a pass from critics or is it genuinely being enjoyed and 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 liked by these critics which is a silly thing to have to worry about um, but, well, it's, it's, but it is it is something it is. to be conscious of going into it I think especially if yeah. you're paying you no, know if, if you can go in and not have read any critics critics reviews or not have heard any reviews mm-hmm. then you don't have to worry about that right but when you start seeing a trend and they're all positive or they're all negative right then you start right. wondering is this you know, is it a mob mentality or is it really a legitimate view of the movie? Yeah, and, and make no mistake, there is definitely, you know, I mean, movie critics are a clique and they know each other and they socialize with each other and they run in the same circles and there is there is susceptible to influence and peer pressure as any other group of people. Yeah, um, I, would, I mean, I think that that's um, kind of the case in whatever circle you may be in even even right you know as oh, as yeah. as low level as we are as podcasters mm-hmm. uh, you know we still have the other podcasters and they you know the facebook pages and you know that's what we we're talking about right. with the uh, man of steel review you know there starts to become a trend one way or the other and then you feel you know if you start walking against the wheel 
you know, uh-huh. that you're going to be somehow ostracized. <laughs> right, and it, right. You know, it's, it's silly when you think about it because we're supposed to be, you know, kind of setting up this community so that everybody can have differing views. Right. But, but, but sometimes it, but it, you start to, start to feel pressure. Yeah, and it was a little dicey. I mean, let's let's just, yeah, elephant in the room. I mean, it was a little dicey out there in the fallout after Man of Steel. Yeah, people was, actually started to get, like, passionate about it. Right, right. Which is, you know, a little silly. And, and now I'm, I'm concerned that I'm going to build up people's passions because I'm going to jump right out ahead of the game now. And I'm not, I mean, I'm not going to get my Jaws review yet. But right. I'm going to tell you, I liked this movie. I enjoyed this movie. I didn't think it was the greatest movie ever, like they're trying to make it out to be. I sure. thought there were flaws to it. Sure. You know, and uh, that's not to say that I didn't like it. I mean, you know, coming right out, I did like yeah. it. I did enjoy yeah. myself. But I just, you know, I, I think it was, you know, among many that I consider to be good superhero movies. It's not yep. a standout. Right. Yeah, I and I, know, I, you know, how you I think for I think for me, um, you know, I'm I'm pretty much the same. I mean, I thought. I thought it stood out to me in the sense of I liked that it was earnest and it embraced its comic bookiness in the sense of, um, you know, just gee whiz fun and and not trying to be too cool for school. Yeah. There's a little bit of that. Um, I mean, I, I anybody that follows the two true freaks probably knows i mean i'm the, the dc fan and i like the marvel movies but i think that one of the reasons that they've always been a kind of arm's length for me is i always feel like there's a little bit of that too cool um veneer on everything you know mm-hmm. whether it's whether it's you know that like when i'm watching guardians of the galaxy and i'm like i'm having the greatest time and then like you know, right at the the high point of the moment, you know, Peter Quill has to say, you said it yourself, bitch. <laughs> We're the guardians of the galaxy. I'm just like, why did they have to throw that in there? Why couldn't it have just been like, you know what I mean? I, I think it would have been a better line and a stronger moment to just embrace, yeah, I'm the hero. We're the guardians. You know, you don't have to just try to play it cool. Play it straight. And I, and I think that's one of the things that appealed to me for in Wonder Woman was that... Okay, yeah, and I think that's something we could talk about a little bit uh, and yeah. start delving into a little bit. And that's... Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, my understanding is it's pronounced Gal Gadot. That, you know, people mm-hmm. say Godot, but that's that would be a French pronunciation, ah, and she's not like French. Gadot, yeah, is there... Okay, good. I'm glad so to know. That's, that's what the way I understand it. Now, yeah. I was unfamiliar with her. I know she was in some of the Fast and Furious movies, but I have, yes. I don't watch those. Neither do I. Uh, so I was unfamiliar with her until I saw her in Batman v Superman. Yeah. And I'll start off with I think physically, I don't know how tall she is, but mm-hmm. if she's not as tall as she appears, then they do a good job of making her appear that way. Right. And I think physically she embodies the character very well. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think she she has she looks the part. Her you know facially she looks that way. Her she's, hair, her body, so, so everything. So you're saying kind of, she, she's not too skinny for you? Well, no, no. Because there were people that were complaining about that. Well, I, I could see where someone might say that she, you know, not but if, if they're saying she's too skinny because that makes her unattractive or something like that, I think that's mm. silly. If they're yeah. saying too skinny that it doesn't look like she could be as strong as she's supposed to be. Right. 
I guess I can buy that argument, but I'm not. I'm not agreeing with it. I guess I can understand right. why somebody might think that, though. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny. At first, I thought, okay, I get that, but then I realized, you know, when you're trying to represent her in in in, in art, in comic book art, in a two-dimensional form, that's that's one of the a short that's shorthand for demonstrating that she has power and strength. Is you you show her looking, you know, big and ripped, and you know, um, if you're you know, Alex Ross, you draw her almost mannish, you know, in her. Mm, which, uh, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't like that. <laughs> yeah, I don't either. Um, you know, and it was interesting, when she got cast, I, I, like you, I didn't really know anything about her. I knew she'd been in those Fast and the Furious movies, but um, once I heard that she had um, served her mandatory time in the Israeli army, I was like, okay, she'll be fine. <laughs> so, you, see, you see, I, I keep coming to that one. Yeah. And and I keep saying I'm not sure why everybody's quite so fixated on that because yeah. I guess unless you're for some reason uh unable to serve right. everybody in Israel has to serve. Right. So right. so if everybody has to serve, not everybody is a badass. True. You know True. what I mean? So, so let's no, not just automatically say, "Oh, well she served, so she must be a badass." Cuz that's, right. you know, that's not necessarily right. true. Right. Um, well, I, I thought of it in terms of she's done more than just been a, a pretty model because she was a model. You know, mm -hmm. That was her thing. And she hadn't really um, she was trying to break into acting and was just about done with it. What I've read until she she landed this part, which kind of because she kept getting beat out for other big parts uh, in the recent years. And so. Uh, so, so now I, yeah. I've heard some criticism of her in this movie already. Mm -hmm. uh, that they didn't feel that she had the acting chops to portray the range of emotions. Mm -hmm. And I got to tell you, I'm, I'm not an expert on that. When it comes to acting, you know, I look to see if I can sense emotion from people. Right. I look to see if they appear to be wooden or, or unnatural when they're delivering their lines. Right. And the other thing I, I find myself looking for is look at them when other people are delivering their lines and see if they're reacting appropriately or if they're just waiting for the next time for themselves to speak. Yeah. Uh, and as far as my take on it, I thought she did all of that very well. I, I, I didn't I think agree. she seemed wooden. I thought she portrayed the awe and wonder of somebody who was experiencing a lot of aspects of life for the first time. And I also thought she did a good job of portraying the disgust with the people who were, you know, basically warmongers effectively right uh, yeah i mean and, she, I, and i thought there was also chemistry between her and chris pine and i'm sorry to interrupt you there Dave. oh yeah no 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 and that's that i was going to bring that up i think and that to me to me ultimately that was one of the big ones you know does she have chemistry with him because that ended up you know it's a it's a it's a plot of the story it's a it's a plot point you know he's her window into our world and ultimately kind of what brings her in and reconnects her with our world um in the course of the story and I thought I thought she did a good job she reminded me a lot and I know this will probably tick some people off because I've heard that it's already ticked some people off this comparison but she reminded me a lot of Christopher Reeve in Superman the movie I there. don't know why that would piss anybody off because I think that's well, a, a pretty people, apt description <laughs> I, I've had some friends that get they're, they're so protective of that movie that, that that comparison bothers them but I that was what I thought I mean I know for a fact that they did an homage to that scene Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, with the, in the, the, the gunshot it, yeah. in the alley. 
Gunshot in the Alley and with her playing the Christopher Reeve part and that, you know, and she she had that kind of wide-eyed wonder and I liked the fact that she wasn't um, overly emotive, I guess, in terms of like her acting. She wasn't overdoing it. Um, I liked the fact that she was a little more restrained, mm-hmm. um, especially because, you know, as the story goes on and you get into uh, the revelations about who she is and what she is, I thought it was it made a little more sense that this woman who was born and raised in this isolated uh, time capsule would would be a little, you know, a little stilted and a little bit different than everybody else, but but still um, really warm. Like she was just a warm, um, attractive personality, not just physically attractive, but just you know that 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 sweet magnetism that would. I think um, that kind of draws you in. Mm-hmm. Um, that that kind of thing that's that's different in a woman from from a guy. You know, a guy leads in the superhero sense a lot of time in the, in in the place from like we were talking about her, like the badass position. You know, follow me, guys. I'm a badass, and we're gonna win. You know what I mean? Right. And and I like that she as a woman wasn't just. Um, I'm Superman with boobs. You know what I mean? Yeah. She was she wasn't just like I'm going to act like a man, but I have lady parts. She was a woman, you know, and 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 that was part of her draw and and she She's pretty, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> she sure is pretty. Uh, but you know, let's I, get, I, I don't just know. get that you, out you, there. You, like, you're dealing in you're dealing in areas where people get insulted by silliness sometimes. Yeah, I don't think it should be an insult to say men and women are different from each other. Right. That's not right. to sit here and say one is better or one no, is worse, no. or that one can do things and the other can't. But they're just yeah. different. It's you know, it's it's a fact of life. Now there are some women who have more masculine traits. There are some men right. who have more feminine traits. Right. You know, life goes on, <laughs> but, but there, there are there is a difference between masculine and feminine, and we all have our right. own definitions of what they are. Uh, and again, like I said, it, it's not necessarily sitting here and saying one is better than the other, or you know, no. you know, one can do things the other can't. I, I don't want to insult anybody that way, but right. I think to to try and pretend that there isn't a difference is you know kind of a little silly. Yeah. Well, and I, and I bring it up because I, I think that was one of the things, like, for me, um, you know, as a movie watcher, one of the things I like a lot of times is when you get that new actor or actress that kind of comes in and has that role where you discover them, that gives them a name, um, you know, and, and obviously she, you know, she's premiered as Wonder Woman and Batman versus Superman, and you know, was a standout part of that movie. I don't. I, I haven't heard anybody really that complained about her in that movie or didn't think that she was a highlight in Batman versus Superman, unless they were just hated every last part of the movie. Um, you know, but this she really came out and just she really shined. And, and well, that what, was, what I like in, about that comparison is in that movie she did come out as the badass. Yes. In in this movie, you know, we've yeah. already seen that side of her. Now this movie is showing us how she got to be and what she's been through. And they're not really emphasizing the badass. In fact, they're emphasizing yeah. more that she'll do what she needs to physically, but that's not her first choice. No, 
No. You know, she she's seeing, you know, she's not seeing any value in people who are planning out war or even, you know, executing mm-hmm. the war. She's seeing the value in the people who can do other things. Right. You know, when, when uh, what's his name, Charlie sings that song and she's, you know, impressed by that. Or when they serve mm-hmm. her ice cream, or, you know, whatever it oh, might be. Right, You know, right. There's, there's things like that, that her personality is shown differently. And to go back to what you mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. uh, I don't think comparing her performance to Christopher Reeve is in any way downgrading Christopher Reeve. It's mm. complimenting her. Yeah. You know, they're saying this is this was one of the you know one of the pivotal performances of a superhero ever, and she emulated that. That's yeah. you know, it's just meant to be a compliment to her. It's not meant to, to say anything right. negative about him. And I don't right. see why anybody would be bothered by that. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. I feel like, um, and I've and I've read several comments by the filmmakers uh, that were making the movie, uh, the director Patty Jenkins, as well as the infamous Zack Snyder, um, that that's exactly what they were going for, and that it was part of what they envisioned the idea of um, starting the story in the present time with Batman and Superman, and kind of placing them in our modern time with with those kind of what they felt what would happen in our world if superheroes showed up and the kind of issues it would bring up and the feelings it would stir in people and their reactions to it and then to go back in time now with wonder woman and just bring her forward as the pure um the pure superhero unencumbered with you know the modern doubts just you know and, and that's one of the things i love about this movie you know she just she literally is like you know, she's she's Frodo on the quest to destroy the mm-hmm. ring. She's just yeah. oh, very much. So. You know, she's she's like I'm, she's like I'm gonna go and stop this war and help everybody and then be done and go home. You know, and, and she doesn't even second guess it for a minute. Um, you know, and that's what I, one of the things I, I loved about the movie was how how that rubbed up against Steve Trevor's character, and how he was like, oh yes, that would be great, but. We can't help everybody, you know. We can't save everyone, and you know. And he's he's got that kind of worldly cynicism that um, is even more prevalent now. But back then, you know, even he he's trying to do the right thing. He's trying to help out. He's trying to do his part in the war, and he's he's agog at this woman who doesn't even hesitate. Like, oh, we're gonna go save everybody, and he's trying to. He's trying to hold her back, not from a sense that he doesn't think that she can do it. I mean, I, I suppose there's a little bit of that, but he's just like, oh, well, you know, he'd never really even thought in those terms that she thinks that it's even a, a possibility. Well, ultimately, as they move on, they have two different missions. Mm-hmm. Her mission is to kill Ares, and right. she's, you know, spoilers, by the way, uh, <laughs> she's mistaken as to who Ares is. Right. And his mission really is. To, to destroy that nerve gas. Yeah. You know, they, they yeah. do have two different purposes going forward. I mean, ultimately, their purposes don't conflict with each other, but they do no. have two different missions, and right. they both ultimately accomplish their missions. Mm-hmm. One of the criticisms I've heard of the movie, and it's one that had not occurred to me, mm-hmm. uh, so I have to kind of, you know, say that. It's, it's just that I, I heard right. this recently, is there are two different origins to Wonder Woman. There's the one they made mention of in the movie that she was formed out of clay and given life by Zeus. 
Right. And there's the more recent New 52 version where she is actually a child of Zeus in a more traditional sense. Ah, uh, okay. And the and so... criticism I've heard, and, and this, like I said, it hadn't occurred to me. When I hear it, I do think it has credibility to it. It did not affect my ability to enjoy the, enjoy the movie, but it does have a certain weight to it, is that under the original origin, as... Uh, put together by, I guess, uh, what's his name, uh, William Moulton Marston, mm-hmm. uh, she was a piece of clay created by her mom and eventually given life, but therefore she was purely the offspring or the creation of the female end of the species. Mm. She didn't have any, you know, even though Zeus gave her the life, she didn't have him passing on traits to her or whatever. Got it. So it was a more pure womanly thing, and she was the embodiment of that. Whereas okay. under the other version, she is the child of a man. Got it. You know, at least one of her parents. You know. Right, uh, right. So that it, it makes it less of a pure woman thing. Hmm. And, and like I said, it didn't bother me. It doesn't affect my ability to enjoy the movie. But I, do, I could see where you say, okay, you know, symbolically I could see where that you know, loses a little some part of its edge when you, you actually make it just a child of Zeus. Right. Well, it sounds, that's interesting. I didn't, I didn't, um, I knew about the clay version. I didn't know about the new 52 version. So it sounds like they kind of just mixed the two for the film. Um, which, you know, I mean, in my mind, it made sense when that part of the movie came up in my mind, the first thing I thought of was, okay, now we know, you know, now this makes sense of why she can fly and 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 do all these things because you know she's essentially a child of the gods. You know, she's she comes from the same mystical realm that Zeus and all those people do. And so I just that was my immediate reaction. I was like, okay, that makes sense. You know, because you know she, now I know why she can hang with Superman in terms of uh, kicking butt and taking names. Right now, now it, it, it's one of the another interesting thing that I had in that regard, or that I thought of, is how uh, in this movie they kind of embrace the whole idea that these are gods, right? Uh, and they may not portray them, you know, all that truly to how the mythology goes on them. I, th- I don't think Zeus is, uh, as right. described in here, he's just a you know a benevolent entity for good which is not really uh, necessarily <laughs> yeah. what he the way he was portrayed in mythology but right. uh, in in the Marvel universe they've kind of downplayed that you know they, they've just made it seem like well you know what they're aliens that were considered gods when they talk, right. when you talk about Thor's mm-hmm. realm right right so you know it, it's it's a little bit of a different perspective and I kind of prefer the hey let's embrace it all kind of attitude I, I just yeah you know it's one thing that we've talked about and for the most part marvel has done a pretty good job with it is the you know what be proud of your roots and just run with it don't don't be embarrassed to try and pretend that you're something different mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so you know that, that's i I'm, I'm glad they did that in this yeah same no I'm, i i am too because i know especially with you know uh, some of the movies that they're they're saying are coming down especially like with um a uh Black Adam movie coming, which means we're going to get Shazam, I would imagine. Um, you know, his powers come from the same mystical side of the, the DC universe. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, no, I think I think it's good. It broadens the, the scope of things, and 
Um, I've already heard rumors that the Amazons are going to be playing a part in the in the in the Justice League movie. Um, I don't I, I don't know much other than that. Like I said, I'm I like you. I kind of avoid the spoilers, so I don't really read a lot of the news articles about what's coming up um, on either DC or Marvel. But I thought it was cool. I mean, I I. I really liked it because it, it, it was interesting because it, it started in a place of mythology on the island and that you know, uh, myth, you know, magic and and then it kind of shifted us to the the regular world for a time and Wonder Woman was the only thing we were seeing that was you know anything with with magic and gods and then it kind of brought it back in the end with her confrontation with Ares and kind of um, brought it back at the in the final act so I. I don't know. It's, uh, it's hard. I'm trying to think of things I didn't like, so I don't just gush oh, well, about the movie. <laughs> you know, I, I have a I have a couple little things, but let's let's sure. start taking it through a little bit. You know, as you know, chron- chronologically. Chronologically, I, I have, sure, absolutely. Uh, and and I would say the early part of the movie is the part where I feel is really to me the highlight of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, what we get on Themyscira. Uh, yeah. First, first of all, it totally goes against everything that the DC movies have been criticized for since the Nolan movies came out because yeah. it's a bright beautiful world mm-hmm. uh, you know full of great you know backgrounds and, and just yeah. uh, you know you know a lot of sunshine and you know nothing nothing dreary at all no no so you know we're, we're seeing you know basically you know in, in my mind you're seeing the Garden of Eden effectively yeah and uh, yeah. you know we're also seeing all these women warriors Mm-hmm. you know practicing their craft and everything and, and I, I just really thought it was very very well put together uh, I thought uh, Connie Selica as uh, you know I'm trying to, as a mom uh, oh as, um, oh gosh I know her her NTO Hippolyta 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 yes I thought she was great and I thought Robin Wright as Antiope she was really cool yeah, I thought she was especially cool. Yeah. And I also liked the little conflict between them. Now, that got a little bit like, you know, you knew you knew there was something there. Well, you know, why don't you just tell right. her the truth? You know, that whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, it was a, a little heavy-handed there, but not, you know, not that didn't bother me at all. I did, and again, this, this may come to the fact that I'm not totally versed in Wonder, Wonder Woman lore. Mm-hmm. The whole thing when she put the bracelets together and it created that, you know, thunderclap or whatever right. that, that took Boom. everybody out yeah. a little bit, and that's ultimately what she used going forward to take out Apollo, uh, Ares at the end. Right. Um, that's not a power I knew anything of. I, I I don't know if there's something in the comics where she can do that because I'm not familiar with that. Yeah, you know, and and. and... It was it was actually one of her featured moves in Batman v Superman as well, so I don't know if it's just something they came up with because they thought it would be, you know, that could just be one of those ones that they thought looked cool and they came up with it for the movie franchise and they're running with it, mm-hmm. or or if it's something else. Um, yeah, I don't know if that that appears in the comics anyway because again, like I said, I'm not familiar with that at all, so that threw me off mm-hmm. a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but then you know then we have 
Steve Trevor comes and crashes, and we have yeah. a spectacular battle scene, kind of the comic book movie version of Saving Private Ryan. Yeah, that was really well done. I thought, you know, and 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 again, even though you know, it, it was kind of like like the foreshadowing you talked about in the first act was kind of on the nose, but I feel like that's kind of kind of part of the theatricality of, of a comic book movie. You know, you don't really have to be subtle so much. And mm-hmm. and even though I saw, you know, obviously somebody's going to get shot, you know, because we're talking bows and arrows and swords versus guns. Um, and obviously, you know, somebody's going to pull the gun out and shoot somebody and that's going to be like a, <gasps> you know, what? But it still worked and they still, it was great to see the Amazons kicking butt and, you know, in spite of the fact that they were they'd brought a, a sword to a gunfight. So, right. uh, yeah, and, and Robin Wright really, wow, she was she really killed it in those scenes. She did really, really well. I, I did not think that, I, I just would have not have pictured her in that role at all. I could kind of... I didn't even know she was in the movie until... Yeah, until I didn't either. I, I mean, Connie Nielsen, I was like, okay, you know, I get it. She's already kind of worn those clothes and did the thing in Gladiator, and, you know, right. she's a big statuesque, you know... She looks like a god, a Greek goddess, um, you know, <laughs> just every day. So it wasn't too much of a stress for her. But yeah, Robin Wright, I was like, whoa, Princess Bride kicking some butt, <laughs> you know. So that was good. Yeah, yeah and Steve, I thought she was terrific. Yeah, and Chris Pine, wow. I mean, he, he I really liked uh, what he did in this movie. You know, he could have just kind of shown up and done his Captain Kirk. Um, I did think I saw a little Captain Kirk there, but I also thought he stole the movie. Right, right. Yeah, there was, a, there was, but there was, there was a little, something a little bit, um, just a little bit different there. It was, it was, you know, I mean, obviously that must be a lot of what he's been doing in his movies is just Chris Pine, you know, a smiling kind of charming fellow, but uh, it was, it was, you know, I didn't expect to uh, to see him uh, so much of him in, in the movie. <laughs> well, that one that one I just go with the turnabout is fair play. You know, that we, right. we do that. We've done that to, to women in movies over and over again. So you know, women want to do it to the man. Right. Yeah, you know, it might make me a little uncomfortable to have that on the screen, but you know, I'll I'll squirm until you're done, and you know, you could be happy. But yeah, it was uh, you know, it was great, and I and I liked. Um, uh, that the movie didn't spend too much. I mean, it, it kept a, a, a brisk pace. I, I like that in terms of, I feel like these kind of movies, they need a certain forward momentum. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of use my kids as the gauge because my kids are still uh, sl- a little bit younger. They're getting older, you know, uh, but, um, I, you know, I watched my nine-year-old and my 11-year-old and, and they weren't getting restless. The movie was moving along enough that... Um, you know, we got off the island fairly quickly and and got back to the to uh, to the front to World War One uh, and London. Um, well, when we first got to London, now he, here's one of one of my not not criticisms, but just mm-hmm. something that I would have liked to have seen. Right. We get to London and we have the scene where she's trying on the different outfits so that she could fit in. Mm-hmm. I would have loved to have seen her walk out in the white jumpsuit from the. Oh. Yeah, from the early, late 60s, early 70s when they, they did yeah. that in the comics. That would have been a good, yeah. Just, well, yeah. just throw that in, you know, as, as a, a little <laughs> Easter egg for everybody. Uh, and we, we also got introduced to uh, 
What was her name? His secretary, who is a character from the oh, comics. Um, um, Etta Candy. Etta Candy, yes. Yeah. She uh, was... And she, she was, for lack of a better word, she was delightful. Yeah. <laughs> she, she, she was, was just... You know, so enjoy. It's just she didn't have very much screen time, but when she was on, she, she kind of you know you gravitated to her. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she just the the comedy. Uh, I loved when she was trying to juggle uh, the shopping packages, and then she's she's holding the sword and the shield, and she's <laughs> trying. She actually to... has her own little badass moment there during the the yeah. scene, which is just cool. Oh yeah, no, she was really good, and I and I liked that. I, and I, and again, it was. I like that they. Um, it's a good time to talk about it with Diana coming back in the story to London and her kind of fish out of water parts of the movie. Um, that could have been a little overdone, especially in terms of the quote unquote social commentary. Mm-hmm. But I liked that it was more of a. It, that it wasn't overdone. That it was. It was. You know. You know. She would just kind of. Um, for lack of a better term, Diana would just kind of raise her eyebrow at all this stuff without much commentary. Just kind of go, huh, you know, and, and uh, if that I, makes I sense. It was sim- I thought it was similar to and maybe even a little better done than the scenes in Thor when he first came mm. to Earth. Right. And, you know, when, he, when they're in the restaurant, he smashes the glass on the floor. And, <laughs> right. You know, he, and he goes to the pet store and asks for a horse. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, that that kind of stuff. I, I thought it was you know a similar type motif as to what they were doing, and right. I thought it was it was a little bit more of a smooth transition and a little bit less obviously for comedy. Right. Yeah, and that's and that's um, I, I I felt the same way, especially because it, I think um, you know because she wasn't you know Thor in the movie at that point was just kind of like stranded, you know, and and so. Um, Whereas with this, like Diana's just like you know she's laser beam focused. Let's get to she's the front. She's there by choice. Yeah, she's like let's go fight, let's go fight, you know. And so, all of the weirdness that she's surrounded by in, in in man's world is just another obstacle for her to plow through. It's not, you know, it wasn't really slowing her down. Um, but that's but 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 I loved it because in her case it it was where she got to shine, where her real. Um, you know her charisma and her and her, um, you know, like like the moment you mentioned earlier where she she gets the ice cream, you know, and she mm-hmm. takes a bite and she's like, oh, "You should be so proud," you know. She's, <laughs> you know, she's just, you it's know, just a it, great moment. Well, and it was funny because I remember sitting there in the theater and and like, and and my wife mentioning she's like, "Look at how much she stands out," you know what I mean? And it was you know like there was something about the way she carried herself in those scenes where she just stood out from everybody else around her. You could tell that she was otherworldly walking around uh, London. So. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you on that. And I thought, I thought those were well done. And that's where I kind of take some issue with the criticism of her acting because right. I thought right. she did a real job of having the, you know the awe and wonder of the new stuff but also having that laser focus that you talked about and on top of that having the chemistry and connection with chris pine right so i, I think that you know yeah. she was juggling a lot of knives in the air at once and i think yeah. she did a pretty good job of it well the 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 you know one of the near the end of that sequence where they have the little homage to the christopher reeve superman film where they they get cornered by the bad guys in the alleyway and 
you know, Chris, uh, Steve steps in front of her, you know, you know, get behind me, and then she wings the armor out and blocks the shot, basically catches the bullet, uh, kind of like Superman did, and then he's like, oh, okay, you go ahead and get in front of me. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, well, but, I, I like that he wasn't the damsel in distress in a male body also. The same right, way right. you said, you know, he, she wasn't just Superman with a female body. Right. Uh, you know, I, I thought they, they did a good job of giving them both kind of an inner strength and making them unique to themselves. Yeah, and, that, and I think that was one of the things, like, um, I liked. I just kind of, I was worried that she would show up and immediately be like, well, I'm Wonder Woman, and I'm going to take charge and, 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 and bowl over all these silly men in man's world, and that Steve would just kind of bumble along behind her like uh, that little guy that follows, um, oh, my kids are watching Beauty and the Beast last night. The little guy that follows Gaston around. Oh yeah, uh, like <laughs> something like Jafu or something. Yeah, something like that. I, I can't think of his name is, but right. But but no, but I like that that they um, there was kind of a push I think and it's pull. Lofo. Yeah, yeah. Um, between Steve Trevor and Wonder Woman, where they were both, um, they weren't trying to take the lead in terms of taking away from them. And, you know, there was times that he would kind of take the lead and she would step up and take the lead in it. It felt more natural. It didn't feel forced in either direction. Yeah, so. and I think that goes a long way towards the chemistry between the two of them, or it, it, it's aided by that chemistry. Right, right. Yeah. Now, the, you know, my next criticism is mm -hmm. for the next, I don't know, maybe a third of the movie, mm -hmm. I take some issue with the way the movie was paced. I yeah. did think, and, and I don't know, you know, you, you said your kids didn't seem to, to lose it at all, but I thought it got, it, it did take some dark turns, mm. and I think the story took the dark turns as opposed to they're in a dark world, which is, you know, the, one of the criticisms of the Zack Snyder movies. Right. Uh, but I, I thought it kind of, I, I thought the movie lost its laser focus a little bit. Yeah, that was the one section of the movie that my kids did get a little squirmy in their seats here and there. I mean, obviously not when Diana um, uh, stormed No Man's Land, but yeah, I know, but I know, but I know what you're talking about. That, that so the whole the, getting the band together part and everything. Again, you know, there were some entertaining moments here and there, but I just thought it could have been put together a little bit more cleanly. Right. Well, and it, it's interesting because it's one of those, um, you know, all of the the DC movies, the Man of Steel and, and Batman vs Superman, now Wonder Woman. Um, I'm not sure about Suicide Squad, but they've all been kind of longish on running time. Mm -hmm. um, and and it's funny because I feel like that section of the movie that you're talking about probably will feel better with more inserted, even though that would make it longer. <laughs> it might not make it feel so draggy because I feel like that's probably the part of the movie where they ended up excising the most material. Yeah, you, know? you you may you may be accurate there. It's it's and it's not that anything in there didn't feel like it belonged or didn't feel necessary or didn't right. feel entertaining. It's just kind of it's chopped. again. It, it yeah. It's it's a little hard for me to break it down because I can't sit here and say, oh, I would do better if you asked me to edit this movie. Right, right, right. No, uh, yeah. but I just feel like it could have been done better. Well, yeah, and and I brought that up because you know I know that it's always a common issue with the summer movies that they try to keep the running time as short as possible simply because of the you know the, the movie theaters themselves would like more showings 
in a given day. And so, and this one was, you know, at 141 minutes, it's a longish for a summer movie. Um, and I, and I just, yeah, that was the one part of the movie where I think there, there might have been probably a little more here and there, maybe that would have made it feel a little bit different. But I, I, I can agree with you on that on that part. It was a little a little clunkier in terms of plotting um, through that part of the movie, for sure. But then, you know, as you said, when they get to no man's land, it starts to perk up again. Yeah. And that whole scene is awesome with her just oh. storming storming the uh, the German stronghold. Oh yeah, yeah. It reminded me a lot of um, that early sequence in in X Men First Class. Where Magneto was uh, was off Nazi hunting, and, mm-hmm. and 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 you say to yourself, I could watch an entire movie just of this, just of you know um, Eric Lyncher, Nazi hunter. Yeah, oh, absolutely. You know what I mean? <laughs> and and I could have watched an entire movie just you know, you know Wonder Woman, uh, you know, German smasher in in World War One. You know, I mean, it was just. That was some awesome action sequence right there. Uh, now I, I think they took a tremendous risk, and I don't think it—I don't think it paid off, honestly. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't think it ruined the movie, but I thought there was a risk that it could have. Was after that scene of triumph and happiness mm-hmm. to have everybody in that village be killed? Right, right. I thought that was a—I I thought that was a misstep. Yeah, that one I was kind of surprised a little bit. Um, but at the same time, I kind of wasn't surprised because I felt like I was waiting from, I was waiting for that time where, um, you know, cause up to that point in the movie, everything that Diana saw that she thought was odd about man's world was, was like I said, it was stuff that you could just look with, look at with a raised eyebrow. There wasn't anything glaringly offensive to her until that moment. You know what I mean? She was appalled by the war and she was appalled by the suffering it was causing. But that was like, I was waiting for that kind of thing to happen where she would get um, upset. That's that's when she became personally invested in it. Right. You know, and it was also the moment where she, she, you know, for a time lost faith in Steve because she felt like um, if he had just let her do what she wanted to do, it wouldn't have happened. Um, right, and I and, and I'm with you. I feel like it was kind of a misstep. I I think that they were trying to go for trying to prove to her character that what Steve was has been telling her through most of the movie was correct that that this war is so big and so horrible that that even when you fight as your hardest and do your best, there's still going to be loss. But I'm with you. I don't think they had to kill the whole village. I think it probably would have been a more effective sequence if she had rushed out and tried to save the people and maybe saved some of them, but still didn't save all of them. Or even had, you know, one particular person who she had keyed in on getting killed. Right, right. To just kind of teach, you know, because I think that's what they were trying to do is just try to show her that, that even with the best intentions, even with trying your hardest, you know, they're still some losses so it was kind of that same theme that they've been it's been kind of a through line through the dc movies through both man of steel and batman v superman the idea of um the heroes aren't perfect that they some you know they can't save everyone that kind of thing right and having to deal with that idea that they're not (laughs) 
ironically gods, I should say, or they're not god, duh. Um, <laughs> even though god with a big G. Right, right. Um, so, but yeah. So now, you know, ultimately she manages to. Well, you know what? I don't even want to just jump to that yet because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, through the early part of the movie up until say, I guess the the final act, mm-hmm. the 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 big bad in it is, uh, general. I guess General Ludendorff. Yeah, Ludendorff, I can't remember they called who, who him. is an actual h- historical figure. That that is somebody from mm. real life. Okay. Uh, obviously, he did not have some sort of steroid thing that he breathed <laughs> in to make yes. himself into a super soldier. Yes. But he was a real character. She believed him to be Ares through the whole thing. And then the other one, which was an, an interesting choice, was uh, was it Doctor Poison? Yes. Never. I who never is an, heard an actual of Wonder Woman character? I looked her up. Right. A, a character who had, you know, appeared back in the 1940s, not even you know, a relatively new one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, you know, she was a smallish woman with the scarred face, the badly scarred face. Right. And, and, and you know, she had to have, like, a prosthetic thing on her face, I guess, just to make her jaw work. Right. Uh, so, you know, it was an interesting choice, and I guess another way of, you know, showing some empowerment to women, because back in World War One. I think it would be unheard of for a woman to have as significant of a role as she did. Mm-hmm. Uh, she, you know, she was convinced that Ludendorff was Ludendorff was uh, Ares, and I hadn't considered it. But some, I did hear somebody talking and saying that they had thought she was going to turn out to be Ares. Oh, yeah. Which, which is an, another interesting thought. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, and they were the one. I have to admit. They were kind of the of all the parts of the movie. They were probably my least favorite. Um, I like the scene between um, Doctor Poison and and Steve Trevor at the party, which I thought he's, was he's trying to turn on the Captain Kirk for it. right. You know, and and I, I liked that that really you know showed his espionage skills and his kind of James Bond spy um, skills. But it was interesting. You know, you talked about how that. You know, this section of the movie kind of got a little longish and maybe a little, a little um, overdone. It's interesting. Like sitting when you were sitting here uh, talking about them, I, I had the thought that perhaps if I had done it, <laughs> and again, I'm like you, I don't pretend that I could do it better, but I could see a version of this story where you didn't have any scenes, any of the scenes uh, between just Ludendorff and her where you could have just seen them through the eyes of Steve and his past missions and and the idea that they could have gone through the movie just assuming the whole time that this guy has to be Ares and you know from everything that Steve was telling Diana about what they're doing and their grand plans that she could have just assumed that it's Ares and and we could have essentially um, not really had those those scenes that part of the movie they could have just been she shows up they finally find him she she fights the guy kills him and then oops not Aries so yeah. um, but I, I you know what, you know what I'm saying like I think like they could have if they wanted to trim something out I think they they could have kind of trimmed some of the that part out because it really didn't if I think of all the parts of the movie I think like that one sequence especially where it's just you know, Ludendorff essentially twirling his mustache and killing off other German leaders. Um, 
to try to keep the war going. I don't know if that's really was was super necessary. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm trying to think about it. I, I mean, I think you're making good points on it. I'm just trying to figure out if there might be, uh, you know, if 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 that really adds something to the movie or not. And I'm, I'm right. coming up blank on it. I'm not sure if it does. Yeah. Uh, I, I think the scene, you know, when, when he takes her onto the dance floor is kind of interesting. And then contrast that with, with uh, Steve having uh, right. Dr. Poison on the dance floor. Well, and that and that that scene right there—if that had been the only scene with them, really—and you know, I think that, that could have been enough. Yeah, that could have been enough. Or, or if that had been the first scene with them, that could have been enough. So, um, if you're looking for the you know, twenty-minute shorter version of Wonder Woman, um, but as it was, as it was, I didn't—it didn't bother me. It wasn't like I thought, oh, this is unnecessary. Um, but. For what it is, for what it's worth. So. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of on board with you there. Yeah. So then we get to the big reveal. Yeah. Where David Thewlis turns yeah. out to be Ares. I did not see that coming. Uh, I did and I didn't. Uh, I'm going to be totally honest. I'm not going to say I saw it coming that he was going to be Ares. Uh-huh. But I did see it coming that he was going to be bad. Oh, okay. Because yeah. it was almost the... the you know, the stereotypical moment of, mm. okay, everybody else disagrees, but I'm going to bankroll your mission, but don't tell anybody. Mm. And I thought, no, this guy's motives aren't pure. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, you say that, I probably should have seen it coming, um, you know, by the by the law of, of guest, or not guest stars, but, you know, um, when you get that big of a character in a small role, I should have probably known better. <laughs> Well, I mean, I know him from the Harry Potter movies. Right. But right. I don't know... Like, I don't know how big of a star he is. So, like, um, I didn't see him and think, oh, he's too big a star. I don't know, I just... Think... Part. Right, right. Well, I didn't think so either, but he was probably one of the bigger of the of the actors, you know, in the inside roles. But, yeah, I just... I, I don't know why I, did, I didn't see that one coming. I really, they got me good there, so. <laughs> but then, uh, you know, another one of my criticisms of the movie is that mm-hmm. the the you know the uh, the boss battle with him. Yes. Uh, I thought some of the CGI was kind of weak in that. Yeah. Especially when they they took his face and they put it on the uh, you know like the the really really buff Ares body. Right. It right. just did not look natural to me. It did not look. Yeah, I had a little bit of the uh, the rock in, in the Mummy 2, Skeleton King, a uh, little bit of that going on. Um, yeah, I kind of thought, I was like, you know, it was interesting. Like, I think they were trying to keep his face so that he could emote. But I, I but it was funny when, when he started, uh, you know, making all the metal around him turn into armor. I kind of, I thought they were going to just completely transform him into something else. And we'd just get voice acting at that point. Yeah, that's what I expected. And, and yeah. to be fair, I'm critical of that when I see it often as well. Yeah. Uh, that, that just seems to be such a, a, you know, a comic book movie trope. Right, right. That, that I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not... I think they did it, but they didn't do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In yeah. this movie. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's funny because the first half of their confrontation when he's just kind of standing there... Um, you know, just in a suit and tie, basically, 
and he's just you know having a, a battle of words with her uh, you know I was I, I kept thinking I was like is he just gonna stay like this is he just gonna kind of stand there kind of nonchalant and maybe you know show how powerful he is by just you know Darth Vadering the fight and flinging stuff at her with his mind and not really as soon as he started putting all the armor on I was like oh okay yeah we're, we're going boss battle with this all right you know <laughs> which absolutely where they went which is funny because I thought you know I liked her fight with um, with the doomsday in the end of Batman mm-hmm. versus Superman that we we actually watched that sequence right before we went to the movie just because we were like let's watch some Wonder Woman before we go see Wonder Woman and that was one of the things I, I noticed I was like man you know the first time I saw the movie I was so wrapped up in what Superman was doing at that time in the movie and what was going on in the side plots that I was kind of wasn't noticing like you know how good the fight was between Wonder Woman and and Doomsday and and I thought that was a better boss battle as it were than it was with her and Ares. Um, yeah, I, I um, you know, you and I seem to be on the same page with most of this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I was kind of hoping there'd be something where we'd say, well, I disagree. <laughs> We're just not getting there, buddy. You son of a gun. Yeah. No. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I think. Um, well, that's good. I mean, I'm glad you know that it that it worked. You know, because sometimes. I don't know. I, I sometimes I start to, to doubt my sanity. Like, am I the crazy one because I I've been liking the DC well, movies? Ag- agreeing with me doesn't necessarily prove your sanity. <laughs> but uh, uh, another, uh, I thought, gutsy choice that they made in this one, I think, was the correct choice in my opinion, was killing off Steve Trevor there. Yes. And yes. What you did was you took the actor who stole the movie, right, right, <laughs> and you killed him off so that you know you already know. Mm-hmm. You know, barring something un- unexpected, he will not be in the sequel, and you know, and and that's that's a loss. But I think it serves her character, and it also allows the character to be in modern times in the next movie without excess baggage. Right. I know it was funny because um, you know earlier in the movie when because I kept wondering, I'm like, well, are they just going to play? Are they just going to be flirtatious through this whole movie? Are they going to make Google eyes at each other? And and then it's, you know what I mean? Because obviously from the get-go, I mean, he's a guy. He's attracted from, to her from the minute he sees her. <laughs> mm. I love the sequence on the boat where she's, you know, just, just come sleep, sleep next, next to me. Thing. And, yeah. and he's like, what? Like, you know, he can't handle that. But, you know, once they, once they you know, finally were like, into each other I, I kept that was what I kept thinking about I'm like well what are they gonna they do with Steve is it gonna be are we gonna like you know are we gonna see Steve old man Steve in the present or just his grave you know like is she gonna like watch him grow old and die and so um although yeah you, you risk having the you know what they had to do with Peggy Carter in the Captain America movie right right and I, although, I, I mean since this was World War One, you there's I don't think there's any possibility that no. he'd still be alive right right um, but no, and I liked what they did. I liked actually the the way that um, they did it, where she got hit with the explosion, you know, and her ears were ringing, and, and and Steve's dialogue was you couldn't hear it, you couldn't understand it, you know, and then he he ran off and jumped in the plane, and then you know, then we revisited the moment later, right before he died, and how you could then hear the dialogue with him, you know, telling her I wish we had more time, and and. You know, and, and basically, like I love you, and, and everything, and, and I, like you said, like I think it was great for a character because, you know, 
that moment where he dies, she kind of, it kind of galvanizes who she is that, um, you know, she's not going to be Ares 2.0. She's not, even though she's come and she's shown up in this war and she's going to end this war with, with, with her might, she's not going to be a god of war. She's she's a she's a god of love. Like she wants to uh, to sacrifice and love the way you know, like like Steve did. Right, and and in the movie they they emphasize that as it goes along. When she's talking to other characters, you know, when she's disgusted by the uh, the generals, you know, that you consider your lives to be more valuable than these people who you're putting out there to get killed and all of that stuff. You know, mm-hmm. that was, I thought that was very tightly scripted. Yep. And I, I enjoyed that aspect of it. Yeah. No, and I, th- I thought that the ending, you know, like you said, like, um, you know, the boss battle CGI notwithstanding, I, I liked the way uh, the ending all came together and the way that it that it wrapped up and, and moved us back into the present time. So. Yeah, and, it, and it, it, it's, to me, it's, it's a nice clean bow, mm-hmm. you know, wrapped up with a nice clean bow and ready to go on to the Justice League movie now. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I like that it's also... Malleable enough of an ending that they could they could insert another movie in there, um, should they want to, you know? Because mm-hmm. that yeah. was that was my first thought was like you know she 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 accomplished her mission she killed Ares immediately you could tell that there was a change in the soldiers and she's you know the implication is that she she did stop the war by killing Ares, but I'd be fascinated to see a follow up movie with you know with World War Two breaking out and and how she would feel about that to see essentially all of her work come undone so shortly thereafter so yeah yeah i mean they have a lot of choices as far as where they could set the next solo movie they could go right. world war Two. they could go modern day they could go immediately the aftermath of this movie right uh, right you know they, they could come up with a lot of different ways to handle this and it'll be interesting to see what they choose to do yeah uh, but it, it does this movie did serve to make me more optimistic about seeing the Justice League movie now. Yeah. Because after seeing Batman v Superman, honestly, my Justice League expectations dropped a lot. <laughs> I can I can see that. Um, so now, now now I'm you know, I, I have reason that it, I feel like I can hope for better. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I mean it's one of those things where I feel like even though I liked Man of Steel and even though I liked Batman v Superman, and even though um, Superman is will always be my sentimental favorite character, I would not have a problem with um, them reshifting the focus of the DC universe in the terms of these movies around Wonder Woman for the time being. Um, for two reasons. For one, I think it would it would probably help to show everybody, yep, we're moving this direction. You know what I mean? This is all leading to this um and number two it's because it's what i hoped they were going to do in the marvel universe and i feel like they chickened out on i felt like in in, what way i felt like in the marvel universe that that phase one was kind of leading to cap taking center stage as the head of the avengers and i know that in early like I remember reading in early the early versions of the script for Avengers, that was essentially what happened. But then, ultimately, they just kind of pulled back and kept it the Tony Stark show. Uh, okay, we found something we could disagree on a little bit. Because <laughs> uh, because I, I I think with Captain America: Civil War, they kind of did change the focus to Cap. 
I think it think started so? to shift that way in, in Winter okay. Soldier because he kind of showed that he could be, you know, every bit as much a leading man as Robert Downey Jr. Oh, in, in yeah, no, I agree. They carry the movie just as well. And then I thought in Civil War they kind of, you know, I, I thought the script was written in a way so as to get more support behind Cap than Iron Man. You know, and that's what I wanted to feel, but I kind of, and, and, and I'd actually love for you to kind of <laughs> convince me of that because... I felt like I kind of came out of that feeling like that 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 the very end of the movie, the fact that the movie kind of began and ended with Tony, that they were kind of like, you know, even though it was a Cap film, that it, they were kind of saying, you know, Cap was like, oh, the Avengers, they're more yours than mine, or you know, whatever that note was that he said at the very end, and I was like, what? Like, come on, like. Well, I kind of took that as I don't know. You know I mean, I, Tony Stark needed the Avengers to give him focus, whereas right, right. whereas Captain America is his own man and able to you know he doesn't need that. You know, he's right. there to help them if they need it. You know, he gave him the you know just call me and I'll be here. Right, right. But well, I don't. But know. He doesn't need that. He you know he's on his own mission and he's got his own purpose and, and that's it. Yeah. Uh, so I you know like I said I kind of thought. Uh, Chris Evans kind of took the mantle a little bit there. I, well, I mean, I I, so. certainly they're not trying to de-emphasize Robert Downey Jr., but I did right. think they did want to emphasize Chris Evans. Well, I hope so, because I really like Cap, and I kind of hoped that Cap would kind of, kind of take over. And that's just me personally, you know. I mean, I, I get that it's a movie franchise, and the Iron Man movies have been really popular, and it's just he's just not my favorite <laughs> of yeah, the no, I, I uh, in I the Marvel that. Cinematic Universe. I kind of like. Everybody else more than Iron Man. <laughs> Everybody. <laughs> so, you know, but that's okay. And, and but again, I, you know what I mean. And and um, so when it comes to the the DC universe, though, I like that um, that we have this movie Wonder Woman and what it has done for the franchise. And I like that. I feel like. Wonder Woman of who she is coming in um, and, you know, Superman laying down his life has kind of changed uh, this world-weary Batman's perspective and that that now it's leading to this formation of the Justice League. And I feel like, I, I feel pretty hopeful now for Justice League and where it's going to leave uh, the whole overall story of the of the DC universe, so... Well, I expect Justice League, you know, uh, hopefully it's not too predictable, but my expectation is we're going to see the getting the band together. Mm-hmm. We're going to see the threat of, of Darkseid. Yeah. And then just when you start to think that they kind of have things in control, you're going to see the resurrection of Superman as a bad guy brainwashed by Darkseid. Really? And get ready for part two in two years. Now, are That's they, what I expect. Are they still doing... It is a two-part movie. That's I don't know. That's because because I thought it was interesting because I remember at one point both both Justice League and, and uh, um, Avengers were, were going to be two-part movies, and then I think that they both um, I think they both backed off of that. I'm pretty sure Avengers is still, and maybe Justice League. You might be right. Maybe they did change that. Yeah, I think. Let me see here. Yeah, I think they've they've dropped the second part. In 2014, they were saying that there would be a two-part movie, um, but then um, 
basically, okay, yeah, they, they announced last year that it would be two distinct separate films and not one film split into two parts. So there'll be a Justice League 2, but not okay. a Justice League Part 2. So we'll see what they do. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. That's, like I said, that was that was my scenario that I expected. No, it, but that's, that's almost color by numbers, the way I just I, described it. So right. I'm hoping it's not as predictable as that. Yeah. Well, it's funny because my, 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 mine was basically the same as yours, except it was they were going to about lose and that Superman was going to show up and save the day and thus take his place as the head of the Justice League. I, that was just my... I, I kind of like yours better than mine. <laughs> I'm, hope, I'm hoping that they're listening. Yeah, yeah. So before we get into ranking this, uh, sure. one more thing I just wanted to touch on is mm-hmm. what do you think of the score of this movie? You know, I liked it on first blush. Um, I've listened to it just a little bit since I've seen the movie. Um, I love when they brought back the theme uh, during the fight sequence, the theme that we were introduced to in Batman vs. Superman. Um, But I remember sitting there thinking, you know, when I was sitting there through the the first part of the credits, um, before the Wonder Woman title card comes up again, you know, when they're doing kind of the animated recap of the movie, Right. Um, I remember thinking I, that I liked the music. I remember thinking this is this is a good score. I like it. See, so, yeah, overall, I kind of like the score, and I, I, you know, I haven't listened to it independently yet. I'm just right. judging based on but, what I heard during the movie, and I thought it was it was nice. It was underplayed at times, and it came in big at times yep. when it when it would serve its purposes. As far as the Wonder Woman theme, <laughs> I have kind of mixed feelings. Because I like that she has a discernible theme, and when it comes on, you know what that you know. Yes. You, you know exactly what you're getting there. Yes. Uh, but I'm not crazy about the theme that they gave her. Right. Yeah. It's, too screechy. It's hard. It's hard. Yeah. I, I know. I, I'm hoping that they'll kind of modify it a bit. I'm, I'm hoping that maybe we'll get like kind of an update to it. It's hard. Like we're still. I mean, John Williams casts a long, long shadow. Oh yeah. <laughs> we're still. I mean, you know, it's it's kind of funny. Like we're still living under the shadow of his theme for Superman and Elfman's theme for Batman. I mean, well, but when you, I don't, I don't know who it was that did the theme on uh, Captain America. Whether it was Giacchino or no, that or, was uh, um, uh, Silvestri, I think. Silvestri, okay. Yeah. The Captain America theme, I think, that was good. Is almost reminiscent of a Williams type theme. Yep. Yeah. And I don't see anything wrong with doing that. I don't see anything wrong be, by being inspired by the Williams types themes. No, and I, I feel like every one of these characters, especially because they're doing all of these interconnected movies, everyone should have an extremely discernible theme so that you get that emotional moment when they show up. You can just crank that tune. Um, like you said, like 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 that moment in Thor: The Dark World where you know Chris Evans cameoed. As Loki mm-hmm. pretending to be Captain America, they they click that theme music in, and and it was immediately Captain America, you know. Yeah. And 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 that was great. And I'm looking, and that's what I, I'm always looking for that in in my super. Yeah, I must I must feel like that scratchy theme that we got for Wonder Woman would fit Aquaman better. Yes. And that she could use a more heroic, more Captain America-like theme. Well, and it's interesting if you if you go back and watch Batman versus Superman um, during the sequence where she's looking at the video of the different heroes. There's there's kind of a version of her theme that kind of changes a bit, and it kind of and they used it for Aquaman. Um, in Wonder Woman the movie, I, I I liked how they kind of 
there was kind of a shift over they kind of toned that guitar down and kind of turned it into that more um, uh, Middle Eastern old world kind of flavor where it's um, I don't know what instrument I want to say I don't want to say sitar but you know what I mean it, it kind of that um, something that wouldn't be out of place in a movie like Gladiator or uh, you know Gods of Egypt, that kind of sounding music right. for her, because she's right. ancient. You know, the idea that she's a, you know, and she's she's lived with the Amazons, and she's the daughter of Zeus, and so I think pushing her score over in that flavor um, will work to kind of keep her standing out. They could probably tone down the <laughs> stuff. You know, they could kind of, they could kind of, but like you said, it's hard though. I mean, like you can kick that in now, and it's Wonder Woman's theme, so it's. Uh, yeah, that's the way I have mixed feelings about it because I do like that she has a discernible theme. Right, right. So it's hard. Like, so yeah, I'm hoping, you know, and that's. But again, she's, you know, she's got another movie coming up in a few months, so there's another opportunity to kind of refine her theme and kind of add to it. And, um, you know, because with Superman, I think one of the things that made it so discernible is that you know John Williams writes a theme for a character, and then he takes that theme and he he uses it nine different ways. You know, he slows it down for a love theme. He speeds it up for action beats. He, he, you know, he plinks it out on the piano to make things introspective. And, you know, so you, you hear that same theme over and over and over. So by the time you walk out of the theater, you know, you associate that music with Superman. Whereas most, uh, composers these days, they don't go quite so far with it. You know, even with like Wonder Woman, you know, she, we had a whole two-hour movie with her, and they used that theme for one sequence that lasted about a minute and a half, maybe. Right. You know, so they didn't, they didn't, you know, they didn't keep using it. Whereas, if you look at like, I think that's one of the reasons I, I really loved the, the the music in Man of Steel because Hans Zimmer actually went kind of John Williams with it, and he he took the theme and he sped it up, you know. And, made it fast and crazy and used it for the bad guys and he slowed it down and you know and, and made it quiet you know and he kind of did that more john williams liet motif style um wasn't quite as atonal you know so right sorry you got me going on movie music paul well you you, you understand that i will I, un- unless i manage to do it myself i will never stop being jealous of you for having seen john williams that stuff in concert. Oh, you know what? Let me tell you. I haven't. Okay, I have yet to talk about it on any podcast ever. That was through whew, coming up on four years ago now, and that was the only regret was that he didn't play anything from Superman because he played something from pretty much everything else. Um, he played Harry Potter. He played. Um, Close Encounters. Uh, did he play the Cowboys? He did not play the Cowboys. Well, no, no, wait, no, wait, no. He might have. There was a the he. Op- I love that theme. Actually. He opened with a tribute to Hollywood, and and there was a there was a movie screen that came down and it played a montage of just classic films all throughout the history of movies, and so he, and he composed this piece of music like and it was like a salute to Hollywood, and. I bet it was probably in there. I mean, it was it was just, you know, it was just amazing. And I have that's to. That's a movie. I, that's a movie I saw as a kid, mm-hmm. and always loved that movie. And I and I remember the, the the score from that. It's one of the first scores I was ever aware of. Right. 
because it has, a, again, a discernible theme to it. And I always really liked it. And then one year uh, at the local high school, when my son was in the orchestra at the high school, they played that in one of their concerts. Yeah. And so it, so it's, a, it's one I'm particularly fond of. Oh, yeah. Well, I have to say, if, if you ever get the chance um, to see him live in concert, pay whatever. Oh, I would jump at it in a, in a second. Yeah. I was pointing out to my kids, uh, I guess it was two years ago when we were in, at Universal, mm -hmm. and when we were in Harry Potter World, and when mm -hmm. we were in Jurassic Park, and when we were in E.T., and we, you know, all these different <laughs> rides that we were on, yep. and I pointed out to them that this is all John Williams music. Yeah. And then I says, yeah, and on top of that, the theme from Superman and the theme from Star Wars. And, oh, yeah. Know, like, and, and I mentioned, because that, that was, I think, shortly after you had gone to the show. And I yeah. You had gone, and they both were like, yeah, we would go in a second. With you to see that. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, it was fascinating because I remember sitting there, and the, the program was split into two halves. And the second half was, was all the, 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 the Steven Spielberg movies, because Steven Spielberg was there. And so he hosted the second half of the program. And, you know, and, and so the first half ended with, with Star Wars. And, you know, up to that point, I've been listening to music. It was the first time I'd ever seen like a uh, classical music performed in a concert hall um, at that level. You know, at that point, I'd, I'd only ever been to nothing above like a high school band level. And, and I remember when they started in on Star Wars and, you know, that's music that, I mean, it's in my bones now. I know it note by note. You know, I've heard it so many times. And my first thought was, you know, it's it's absolutely flawless. It's coming out live as, as if they're playing the CD. You know what I mean? But then the sound in a concert hall was like nothing I'd ever heard before. That's when it really grabbed me and like how immersive it was and how like like the best surround sound you've ever been in but beyond it somehow and i remember just sitting there and i i just started i just started to weep because it was like you know because just because i was like there he is i'm watching him play the soundtrack of my life <laughs> like <laughs> there he is you know and he was just playing it and it was so good and and then and the second half came in and Steven Spielberg was there and they did a lot of neat things. They they played a sequence from Last Crusade where they took the music out and just played it without music. And then they did it again while he played the music live just to show how much the music does to the movie. And uh, and it was kind of amazing. And then he did a couple encores and it was great. And, and he was literally on the third one and Steven Spielberg was like, he was like, John, I think we have to just do the Indiana Jones theme, you know? And, and that was what they ended with. And um, to see Steven Spielberg sitting there on the corner of the stage and he's pumping his fist. And, you know, he's into it as much as anybody else was. It was it was something else. And uh, yeah, and so it's funny, like even now, like, yeah, I mean, Wonder Woman comes out and I'm, yeah, I'm ready for the music. I want the music to be good. I want the album to be good. I want the, the soundtrack to be good. I want there to be a theme for Wonder Woman because, you know, <laughs> we're still living in John's shadow. So. Yeah, and that's a good, like I said, I think that's a good shadow because yeah. it, it, it causes people to up their game. Yes. I think, uh, you know, you mentioned Silvestri. I think somebody like him owes a lot to John Williams. I think mm -hmm. he gets 
you know a lot of inspiration that type of thing and I, I think they all do but I'm just using yep. him as, a, as an example yeah. I don't want to single him out though. no and there's been some good ones you know X-Men First Class was really good um, mm-hmm. I, like, I thought that was excellent. Yeah, it was, and it was not totally John Williams like. It mm-hmm. was, you know, it was a little bit of a oh, departure yeah. from that. Yeah, uh, but I, but I, you know, I appreciated you bringing it back to Wonder Woman, and now I'm letting it go away from it again. So let's <laughs> let's, let's 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 do that laser focus for a minute because I think it's time for yeah. me to say to you, Dave, mm-hmm. Wonder Woman, mm. is it yours? Is it yours? I'll give you the Jaws scale just because I have yes. every episode. To, to Rob Kelly's delight. Uh, so if you rank it as George, you're saying it's pretty much a perfect movie. Great, classic, all-time, you know, on, on the all-time list. Jaws 2, very, very solid, rewatchable, you know, very entertaining. It's a really, really good movie. Jaws 3, watchable, entertaining, but nothing particularly special. Jaws 4, a bad movie. I still remember seeing Jaws 4 on HBO as a kid. <laughs> okay, so, confession, I listened to your Guardians of the Galaxy episode on my way home today. Right. Um, and at first, that was my first reaction, was kind of the same way you guys were approaching Guardians, you know? Like, I've only seen it the one time. Can I really give it Jaws? <laughs> or do I pull it back to Jaws 2? Um... I can see how everybody else would say Jaws too. For me, it's it's probably Jaws. I think this one will be one that I'm going to revisit quite a bit. I think it will be on heavy rotation in my house when we get it. Um, I think it's pretty it's pretty good. It's pretty pretty close to classic. If gosh, you know it's it's hard. You know what I mean? Like, well, I do allow just to let you. You know, because we, we, it's come up a couple of times, is I do allow for a little bit of a cheat. Uh, uh-huh. Because there have been ones where people say, well, it's a high-end Jaws 2, or it's a low-end Jaws 2, it's a high-end Jaws yeah. 3, low-end. You know, so, so you can kind of differentiate mm-hmm. in the categories if that helps you a little bit. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think right now, having only seen it the one time, I want to say it's it's very high-end Jaws 2. It's almost, okay. it's almost a Jaws for me. Um, yeah, it's it's not quite at that level for me. I'm right. thinking more or less. I'm I'm kind of like right in the Jaws two area. Yeah, solid Jaws two. Yeah, you know, no, I, I don't think it's on the high end of it. Uh, I think it's you know it's it's just it's a very solid movie. It's enjoyable. Uh, I don't think it. I do think there are some flaws. I don't sure. think it hits the level of classic. Right. But I think it's yeah, it's certainly worthy of rewatching and you know going to be an entertaining movie. So absolutely. You know, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty firmly right in the center of Jaws 2. Jaws 2. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Well, Dave, thank you for coming on. Oh, it was a pleasure. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. I always enjoy getting a chance to talk to you every now and again. And yeah. we have uh, been exchanging a list of movies. So, I, mm-hmm. you know, as I get to watch movies, I have a list now of people who've requested different ones. And when I get to some of the ones that you have on your list, we'll do this again. It'll be awesome. Well, and, we'll, yeah. and I'm sure there'll be... There, Sure, there's some commentaries coming, coming along the pipe that uh, we might have to get our cohorts along with. Yeah, we, we we are way overdue to do our next commentary together. Yeah, uh, yeah. With with Bill and Chris, mm-hmm. so we'll, we will get to that. But uh, why don't you, before we sign off, why don't you tell everybody what it is you are doing lately? I am uh, been doing cast protection 
Stranger Things podcast where we talk about the Netflix show Stranger Things and all things geeky in 80s and I've been doing that with my buddies Jonathan Kreitz and uh, Hair Metal Hero and you can find that on the Two True Freaks feed and um, I may have a little little project coming along fairly soon uh, from just me so stay tuned to the feed for that and um, that's where you can find me Thanks again, and thank you everybody for listening. Uh, anybody wants to give any comments, the email address is jawspodcast at gmail.com. Otherwise, see you next time. <laughs>